Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and welcome to this special edition of Popcorn, the fall movie preview. I so look forward to this because when I do summer movie preview, I'm talking about so much movie garbage. And fall is the kind of time where Hollywood says, we'll give you your comic book movies, but we're also going to give you stuff that may actually be good. That's just amazing to me. Now there's 130 movies coming out between Labor Day and New Year's Eve, can't go over them. I'm going to be talking about what's important for you to watch. You know, Labor Day is the beginning, but for me, the fall kicks off on September 15th with a Darren Aronofsky movie called Mother with an exclamation point in it. There's so much secret to miss about this movie. What Jennifer Lawrence is in it, and she's married to Javier Bardem, and uh, strangers come, Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris, and what's going to happen to them? You know, I was told that if I gave away anything, people would come in here, put a paper bag on my head and take me away. But I'm going to say, this is a horror movie. It's hallucinatory. It is as crazy as anything I've ever seen. And without me saying anything to you, prepare to be blown away when you see it. That's the beginning of fall. The end of fall will be Hugh Jackman in The Great Showman where he plays P.T. Barnum. It's a musical. The composers of, of La La Land and the lyricist uh, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul have written the music for this 19th century musical, but they've written songs that are all sounding like top 40 hits today. Really risky. I'm, I'm so in for this. So that's what covers it. But what's the key stuff? What is going to break box office records? Is there even a moment where you have to think of it? That movie would be called Star Wars The Last Jedi. We're all crazy about any Star Wars movie. It comes back and we see Star Wars The Force Awakens, breaks every box office record. And you remember what happened at the end of Force Awakens. We saw Rey, played by Daisy Ridley, she comes in and hands that lightsaber she has to Luke Skywalker himself. What's going on with Luke? What's going to happen with him? What's going to happen with Finn, played by John Boyega? How is Mark Hamill going to play Luke Skywalker now? You know you're going to be there. There's no movie. I'm telling everybody now. If you think you're going to beat Star Wars The Last Jedi at the box office, guess what? You're not. Now... There are many comic book movies that think they can do that. The first of them is Justice League. And I know you're groaning a little. You're saying, isn't Justice League a continuation of Batman v Superman that everyone saw, but everyone said, Ugh. <laughs> I did not like that. I think it was the gloominess. Ben Affleck is back as Batman, maybe for the last time. But Superman, we, maybe he's going to make an appearance. We don't know that. But guess who's in Justice League and has a big part? Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. And if you've been paying attention to box office, you realize that Wonder Woman has made more money than any other movie in 2017. And in addition to her, we now have The Flash, played by Ezra Miller. And we have Aquaman, played by uh, Jason Momoa. So we have new people, and they all sound like they're having fun, which nobody had during Batman v Superman. So Justice League's going to make a lot of coin, but is it going to beat The Last Jedi? No, no. Don't even think for a minute that that can happen. Then the other big comic book thing is Thor Ragnarok. Thor movies are always big, but because 
The real movies that make money bring all of these superheroes together. So Thor is just not fighting with Loki this time. He's also got the Hulk showing up. Mark Ruffalo is there to play the mild-mannered uh, version of him and then the giant Hulk. And of all people, Academy Award winner Kate Blanchett coming in as the goddess of death. So they're just throwing money at this stuff so you will see it and get a lot for your buck. It's a big deal. The one of these sci-fi things that I'm most curious about, and of course they wouldn't show it to me yet, is Blade Runner 2047. Harrison Ford is back as Deckard, and Ryan Gosling joins him in this movie, and we've come into the future to do it. I don't know, I'm fascinated by that. I really am. But let me talk about what everybody talks about in fall, especially in Hollywood, which is, what's going to win the Oscar? What could be best picture? Because we all know that Dunkirk, which came out in the summer, is the movie to beat. Is there anything out there that can possibly give Dunkirk some kind of run for its money? Uh, I think so. And the major one that is that is called The Papers. This is a movie directed by Steven Spielberg, so that's a good start. And it stars Meryl Streep as Kay Graham, the publisher of The Washington Post. Tom Hanks as Ben Bradley, the editor of The Post, set in the early 70s when The Washington Post published the Pentagon Papers. They said, you know, there's been cover-ups for four presidents, and we're just not going to take it anymore. We're going to take what Daniel Ellsberg has found and publish it. This is a movie that I think is going to enter all the award consideration because you may have noticed that Donald Trump was the president and that he doesn't actually love um, the media and what he calls fake news. And he's basically trying to say to the media, shut up and go somewhere else and hide. In 1971, this was a time where the Washington Post said, no, we're not hiding. We're going to do our job as journalists to do it. This is not fake news. And think about the timeliness of what the papers is about. Think about how that's going to especially relate to liberal Hollywood that feels so completely pushed against the wall by the Trump administration. So watch out for that one. One of the movies that are really going to hit you on a personal level is Last Flag Flying. This is about three soldiers who were no longer in the war, played by Brian Cranston and Steve Carell and Lawrence Fishburne. And basically, Steve Carell is trying to get his son, who has died in Afghanistan, a funeral. And he gets together with these guys he hasn't seen in decades, and they decide to get together and reminisce, but also talk about what war meant to them and what war meant now. Uh, it's kind of a spiritual sequel to The Last Detail that Jack Nicholson played the Brian Cranston role. But when you see what these three actors do, you know that they're going to be in the Oscar race tremendously. Another movie that's out there that is going to be talked about by everybody is Alexander Payne's Downsizing. This is a comedy with Matt Damon, who's going to be everywhere <laughs> this fall. But in this, he and his wife, played by Kristen Wiig, are living in a world where we're all squeezed economically. And in this future world where that happens, we can be downsized, meaning we don't lose our jobs so much as we can be reduced in size to not take up so much space in the world. We can choose ourselves to do this. 
another relevant kind of satirical look at the world that we live in now. Uh, George Clooney is not just the father of twins. He's directing again, and his movie Suburbicon, starring Matt Damon, is a movie written by the Coen brothers that George Clooney has decided to direct but not star in, and Matt Damon is in it as a suburban father who has to deal with home invasion. Uh, he and his son deal with it, and then Julianne Moore comes in as the aunt, and Oscar Isaac comes in as an insurance investigator, and we begin to see what kind of darkness is roiling under there in the suburbs. This is, again, such a big deal. But when I'm talking about Oscars, when I'm talking about who's going to win and do anything, here's the big thing you need to know. Meryl Streep, who plays the publisher of the Washington Post, Kay Graham, in the papers, and Daniel Day-Lewis, who was playing a British fashion designer in the 1950s in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie called Phantom Thread. I, if they're nominated, which how can they not be? Daniel Day-Lewis has said, Phantom Thread, you know what's going to be my last movie? I am not going to be in movies anymore. If they each are nominated and each win, they break records. Meryl Streep would have her fourth Oscar, which ties her with Katharine Hepburn. And why not? She's nominated like 2,000 times. It's, it's time that she's there with the record breaking. And Daniel Day-Lewis would be having his fourth Oscar, not even tying anybody, but just breaking the record because nobody has ever done this. This is almost irresistible for Academy members that don't often have the time to watch movies. So they either give their housekeeper their ballot to fill it in. In that case, you see the names Meryl Streep, Daniel Day-Lewis. I might vote for them just for the hell of it because we know they're the best that we have. They really are both terrific. But now I'm going to shock you with one thing because I'm going to say that, you know who I think is going to be nominated for an Oscar this year? Adam Sandler. Okay. I know people are ready now to come in and take me away. What is wrong with you? You cannot possibly be saying this. Uh, I am saying it. He's in a movie called The Meyerowitz Stories, where he's the son of Dustin Hoffman, as is Ben Stiller. And he's the son nobody paid attention to. And he is incredible in this movie. He's done it once or twice before, especially in Punch Drunk Love. But you know, when this guy isn't being the clown, he is a terrific actor, and this is one that proves it. There are many other kind of individual things that I should point out that are happening. Jackie Chan, don't we all love him? And he's just the best. 63 years old, and he is coming back in a dramatic role in a movie called The Foreigner not trying to hide his age, not trying to hide the fact that he can't quite move the way he once did, but you watch him and root for him like you can't believe. When you see The Foreigner, and Pierce Brosnan is his co-star, he basically is avenging the death of his daughter by terrorists in uh, Ireland, and he goes there where he's called The Foreigner because the man can't hide. He doesn't look like everybody else in Belfast. It is a terrific, dramatic performance where so much of it is in the eyes, but also to see him in big action sequences again is just that kind of pleasure that you can't disregard. So put that on your list, too. You know, we, we also talk about fall, and we always want to talk about animated movies. They've been disappointing. Um, 
earlier in the year. Certainly the Emoji movie it doesn't have the kind of reviews that's going to win it an Oscar. But Pixar is out there again with a movie called Coco, set in the land of the dead. And it has a Latino cast. It is looking at the world from a different perspective, showing us something with those geniuses at Pixar uh, doing it. So again, you have to mark that down. As I look at the list that I have, I'm seeing so much good stuff. You know, we saw what was happening with summer. The last weeks of summer were just nothing. We were just seeing things and saying, I'd rather stay home. Some of us even decided to read a book, but not this time. There is just so much that it just gets our interest. And I'm looking at my list here of people who could compete with Meryl Streep and Daniel Day-Lewis for that Oscar. You know, last year was the year where there was so much criticism of Oscars so white. And we did something with that, but I do not see a lot of African-Americans appearing in fall movies, which is disturbing in a way. What was that whole thing that happened? But our old buddy here at Popcorn, Denzel Washington, has a movie called Roman uh, Israel Esquire, in which he plays kind of a mob lawyer figure. A lot of us figure that Denzel was sort of cheated of that Oscar that he might have won last year for Fences. And it's good to have him out there directed by Dan Gilroy, the guy who, who got the best performance that Jake Gyllenhaal has ever delivered in a movie called Nightcrawler. And to see them do it. And another figure, very strange, that we wouldn't figure for acting, Mary J. Blige. And she's in a movie uh, called Mudbound, playing in a World War II before and after movie as a Mississippi Delta mother. I'm knocked out by what she did. It's just incredible to see what she's accomplished in that movie. And look, I can go down a list of, of people that are just giving that. Gary Oldman, in The Darkest Hour, is playing Winston Churchill. And I can hear you all saying, he is? Well, didn't we just see... Um, Brian Cox played Churchill? You did. And didn't John Lithgow just play Churchill um, in The Crown in that miniseries that was so good? So call them all dancing Churchills if you want. But this particular performance that Gary Oldman is giving is something that nobody can disregard. He's Gary Oldman, for Pete's sake. You've got to pay attention to him. And there's one movie that a lot of people are saying, why would I see this? It's called The Current Wars. And you know what it's about, people? It's about Thomas Edison and George Westinghouse fighting over who basically invented the light bulb and current and whether you should use AC or DC. Sounds like the dullest thing you could ever imagine in a movie. And instead, it's fascinating. It becomes something that you sit there as if you're watching a thriller watching these two guys go at it. Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, this man cannot play anything but geniuses. I want to see him cast in something where he's just not the quickest guy on the block. But boy, can he do it. He's playing Thomas Edison as Sherlock Holmes, of course, but a tougher, meaner-spirited person. And his assistant is played by Tom Holland, you know, our new Spider-Man. So look at that. To, oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Women. Kate Winslet is in two movies. She wasn't satisfied with just one. She's in a movie co-starring with Idris Elba in, in a movie called The Mountain Between Us, where they're both in a plane crash and they are 
strangers who are separated and guess what? Maybe something happens between, how could it not? But the Winslet performance that you should expect to see nominated is in a Woody Allen movie called Wonder Wheel, set in the 1950s on Coney Island that Woody almost grew up right there doing it. And this is not a light comedy. This is in the blue jasmine vogue of things. And Kate Winslet only has one Oscar, so she should be, come on, don't we realize how really, really great she is? And talk about person who only has one Oscar, Frances McDormand. He's in a movie with the title that <laughs> I don't know how anybody's going to say to their friends, let's go out and see Frances McDormand in three billboards outside Wisconsin in some, it just goes on forever, the title. It's just, nobody will know it, except she plays a mother of a daughter who has been murdered and she's not getting any police action. So she decides to take three billboards, rent them, and completely use them to criticize the police in action for that. I, it, come on, you can just see that and go, I need to see her. Jessica Chastain, oh my God, you know, always great. But now she's in a movie, the first movie directed as well as written by Aaron Sorkin called Molly's Game, where she's playing a woman who's like the poker champion of the world and runs these poker games that are happening. This is so many people doing so much. But when I have to stop and I have to say this, there is a little movie out there. Um, it's the kind of movie that maybe you think I never heard anything about it. But I think with all of the movies like the Spielberg in the papers or basically Dunkirk coming out in the summer or Catherine Bigelow's Detroit, Remember this name. It is called Call Me By Your Name. It is set in northern Italy in the 70s. It stars Army Hammer. And it stars a new actor who I'm going to go out on the limb and just say this guy, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Is, you saw him maybe on Homeland before. This is a performance that makes him the newcomer of the year. It just explodes uh, through the fall. These are young guys who are in Italy at this time. One of them, the Army Hammer character, is engaged to a woman somewhere else, but they fall in love. Luca Guadagino, the director of it, he finds what Italy is, he finds what romance is, he finds wisdom in what is happening. This isn't an issue movie. A lot of people have said to me, well, Moonlight won the Oscar as Best Picture, and that was about a gay love story. This isn't quite something you could limit that way, but it is explosively, ravishingly good. The acting is incredible. And remember that. If there's one of these things you should put down and say, I'm going to see this because that guy from Popcorn said you should see it, uh, make it call me by your name. So look at me. There's more. I could go on forever and do this, but in a fall that will be dominated by Star Wars of the Last Jedi, remember these other movies that seem smaller but are actually going to have a huge emotional impact on you. And get ready for fall because we needed good movies. We needed them. And I hope the people that made them and are in them will have as guests on Popcorn soon.